Have you defined the culture of your city? Hi, it's Lucas Scrobot, and you're listening to Weaver and Loom. Last time on Weaver and Loom, we discussed how bridges really is another metaphor of saying don't have boundaries and just be loosey-goosey, go with the wind. And we also talked about how walls are really helpful, how gates are really needed. If we remember from the story of Troy and the Trojan horse, their walls withstood, but their gate failed. They let in willfully, brought in something that destroyed them because they did not withhold. It's really because of their pride. The The Trojans built a horse to say, here, here's this sacrifice to your gods. Here, you know, be blessed. They fell for it. They were deceived by the Greeks. They brought this in and their city was destroyed because of it, because they did not defend the city gates because they did not recognize the threat that was against their city. So in order for us to recognize threats that are against us, we need to have a framework so that we can quickly pick up on things that are counter our boundaries, things that are set up to erode and destroy who we are as individuals, as families, and as organizations. So today, we are going to go through nine elements that have been identified from ancient cities of Mesopotamia of what a gate is supposed to do for a city and within a city. And really, a gate is another way of saying a cultural framework, another way of saying what is the cultural narrative of a city. When I mean a city, think fractiles, and by fractiles, Look it up. It's, you know, math. But um, a fractile being, I'm an individual. Outside of me is my family unit. Outside of that is the organization out or, or company or brand that I'm a part of. Outside of that is the city and then state and then nation. So you see how it's all going small to big. So these Elements apply across the board. We have to have them defined as individuals, defined as a family, and defined as a brand. There is a great article that I have been reading recently by Natalie May where she talks about how walls and gates were used in ancient cities across Mesopotamia. And in her thesis, she outlines nine different uses, nine different purposes that gates have within a city. I'm going to read those nine to you. And then over the next few episodes, we're actually going to go through one by one and learn how to build these cultural cornerstones into us as individuals, into our family unit, into the teams that we're leading, into the brands that we're leading, the organizations that we're over. So we're going to learn how to actually build a cultural framework and a story that we might have strong boundaries, a strong identity so that we can weave our destiny, so that we can step into who 
we were created to be, so we can step into our purpose and actually not leave our purpose unrealized, like a like a man or a woman without self control, where we're just being blown by the wind. But if we are able to be grounded and rooted in identity, in a cultural narrative that we have intentionally built, structured, and built action points around. That is what is going to cause health in our us as individuals, in our families, and in our organization. So here are the nine. She identified that the first purpose of a gate is for sacred space, for temples, chapels, cult ceremonies, and sacrifices at the gate. This represents the religious sphere. This represents the philosophical ideologies that we carry. Now, whether you're agnostic or atheist or Muslim or Hindu or secular humanist, we all carry these religious or philosophical uh, affiliations. So it doesn't matter where you land, We all have them. Even if you say, I'm not a religious person, we actually all have certain philosophies, principles, uh, a viewpoint of where we believe the world has come from and where the world is going and where we are in the world. The second thing, gates are a place for the installments of royal monuments. Now, this one is huge. Royal monuments represents these iconic pillars, the the story of our tribe that says, remember this. This is what holds us together. This is what defines us. This is what sets precedent and standards for us as a community. The third place is a processional gate that is a place for public performances and military ritual. Now, this would be what is considered today would be the arts and the entertainment, the celebration industry, where we are able to come together and have fun and celebrate and see plays and listen to music. This is a part of our family and our society that is actually intentionally built. And if structured right, it brings a health and a sense of belonging to a community, a sense of pride to a community. The fourth place is gates as a place for public appearances of the king. Now, this in today's society would be the media and the information. So even celebrities could fall in this arena. So back then, a gate was a place where the king would come and make its public declaration, where the king would come and cast vision for where the city is going, where a king would come and talk and interact with its people. The next one, number five, gates are a place of public assembly. What I love about this is that it is in that city gate, in the city square, people would gather and they'd be able to voice their opinions. They'd be able to voice their needs. They'd be able to to voice how they believe that the city should go. And it's a place of open forum a place of open form within your community. Number six, gates are a place of judicial activity, which would be judgment, litigation, legal affairs, publication of court decisions and legal documents. This would be, again, the political or the governmental realm. 
Now, this one is huge in families and organizations. You might think, well, why? But we need legal precedent within an organization, within our families, so that people know that they are protected when someone wrongs them, that they can feel safe within their community, within their environment, knowing that there are rules and regulations which will be abided by, and they're not just living in absolute chaos. Our children need this. Our children need boundaries to know what they can do and can't do, and we can't just assume that they know. We actually have to structure that and communicate that so they are able to walk in an understanding of that and know where their boundary lines lie and know where they're safe and know where they'll be protected if they feel unsafe. The next one is a place for public executions. Now, this is kind of huge because if you have this legal precedent, but you're not willing to actually act on legal precedent, then why do you even have legal precedent? So here we can see that just as an individual, if there's someone who is consistently violating my boundaries and I'm consistently saying, please do not treat me in this manner. After a while, our relationship will become so eroded that I will have to say, you now have to go outside of my gate and my wall. And if you want to talk to me, we can meet at the gate, but you're no longer welcomed in because you refuse to abide by the cultural norms of this society. So this is a big one that we need to not only have legal precedent, but we must be willing to enforce legal precedent and say no when we actually are being violated in the things that we have communicated to others around us. So that goes for us as individuals, goes for our family, and again, our brand. The number eight, the gate is a marketplace. This is signifying business, free trade, free trade of ideas, free trade of commerce. So in a community, in a city, the city gate was a place where all the merchants would come and gather, and they are able to do this under knowing that they have protection from a city wall, that they have legal precedent where people are not going to just steal from them or rip them off. There are, there are rules that are being protected and that there is a community that they are operating in. These are things that are intentionally built within our lives. And the last one, which I believe is a summation of all of us, when all these eight things are in place, but really we're going to boil them down to seven as I think there's some overlap. But when all of these are in place, it enables this last point that a gate is a place of control. Now, I don't mean control in a negative sense, but I mean a control as an order that gates in our lives and in cities enable there to be a sense of order and structure in a person, a family, a community, an organization, a nation, a city, and that place of order brings a sense of peace. And this is, I don't want to use the word massive, but it is like everything. If we live in a world that is chaotic, without boundaries, without gates, not knowing which way someone is going to possibly come in, we are going to live in our neurotic state and will not be able to grow in who we are. It wouldn't matter if we knew who we are, but we have no boundaries and people can just 
cheat us and have our way with us and there's no legal precedent, that is destructive and you're never going to be able to move forward into your purpose and to achieve the destiny that you have in your life without walls and without gates. So over the next few episodes, we are going to examine how do we build walls and how do we establish gates? How do we establish centers of culture, a story, a narrative that people can be held together by and feel connected through? Your homework for today is to take some time, reflect and meditate on these seven or nine different elements that we talked through. And I want you to write down what are some of your ideals? What are some of the things that you want to have ordered in your life that you want to have established? What are some of your values and supreme virtues or supreme goals that you have within your organization or within your family or for you as an individual? After you write those down, take some time and meditate and think, reflect. Where have I not been holding those boundary lines? Where has the frame of my loom been warped or bent or broken where I'm not able to function at the highest level of my excellence and my capability and my potential? Because really, when we don't have boundaries, it means that we are allowing potential to be wasted unrealized potential. That's like having a million dollars worth of gold, but you never refine it. You never mine it. You never spend it. It just sits there collecting dust. And that is unrealized potential. So when we have a broken framework and a lack of boundaries, that is like a million dollars of gold being wasted and squandered because we did not have structure in our life because we did not have walls and culture. So next, reflect on where you have been allowing those things to come in and write that down. Take a few minutes and write it down and then look at the the differences between the two, where you're doing well and where you're doing poorly. We'll see you next time on Weaver and Loom, where we'll talk about this first one. And please do this with a friend, do this with your coworker, do this with your organization, the heads of your organization that you're leading. There's will be a PDF that you'll be able to download at lucascrobot.com that will act as a framework that you can work through all this as an individual, but I strongly suggest that you find someone else to do this with because there's power in community. So thank you for listening to this episode of Weaver and Loom. I am excited for the next few weeks with you. Please shoot me an email, DM me with any questions. You can contact me through my website, Lucas Scrobot, Lucas, L-U-C-A-S-S-K-R-O-B-O-T.com. Click the appropriate button. Thank you for listening to Weaver and Loom where destiny is woven.